The Natchez D and D. Natchez D and D. This is how we do it in Mississippi. The ship, uh, as we colloquially might say. To another episode of Out of Character. Yes, the show started before we recorded. We just remembered to bring Craig in. We're here now. We're recording, and we're gonna have another check-in with Cotton's table. And Cotton has to be very careful because one of his players is now listening live. So he has to be both nice and respectful, and he can't spoil things. So have fun, everybody listening to this, because I think Cotton's going to have a tough time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't talk about the zombie <laughs> T-Rex. That would be a giant, a giant spoiler a if you were to talk about that. Spoiler, so I'm not going to do that. Talk about it. Yeah, no. I'm talking about it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So I guess... um. Is is there anything to go? Because I'm like I'm about to just start going. Do you have anything? Oh. I, I I can't wait to hear. Wh- I mean, where where did we leave off? And we left we off our players uh, deep in the levels or in the in the bowels, I guess, of yeah. the Archlick Asrax uh, Tomb of Annihilation, where he has in, he has trapped the nine trickster gods. Our players have found several of them. Four out of our five are possessed by these various spirits, but no, not a big deal. It's fine. They just give you boons, maybe a personality flaw. You know, it's fine. But one of our players isn't. And I kind of think that they're wanting to get with the program. You know, we got four <laughs> people who have like a God buddy thing going on. And we got this. We got a rogue. He's just not possessed. He's feeling kind of left out. And we Is have he? five. Uh, yeah, I, it was a vibe. I think so. I think he wants to be. He, you know, wants, he wants to some be cool possessed stuff. too. Okay. Yeah, you, you get like a cool magic item. You get like a cool magic power. You get a personality flaw, but they've got so many personality flaws. It's fine. I mean, you're just that, that's you're just stacking them up at this point. So, uh, okay. so and we're and we're in one of the tombs. We were in the tomb of Unk, the Flail Snail. Okay. So there's nine trickster gods, and if if one were to make like a three by three grid detailing, say I don't know, evil and good and lawful neutral, you might find yourself with nine slots. Well, Unk might find himself in the dead center. That will little, little 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 foretelling there. So we have Unk the Flail Snail. Okay, he has his beautiful, colorful shell that was used. Uh, I think some sunlight hit it, and it blinded the god Omu, whose tears replenished the earth of the city of Omu in the Chulton jungles. Great, he's there. He's in a tomb, and he's in a there's a sarcophagus representing him. It's shifting through colors like red, black, blue, green, constantly pulsing. Now. Our players last time, this is the room they were dumping in Minotaur skeletons into the uh, the acid trap that they had also uncovered in a really cool move that they had, like, determined and figured out. Really loved that they had found a way to, like, shorten combat for me by just dumping these guys into a vat of acid. You know, vats of acid. Usually works. Good stuff. There was also that maze. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The maze, yeah. The maze on the wall... Uh, it's like a 2D post on the wall maze that's constantly shifting and like covering a weird magical fog. If you touch it, you get sucked in. For our ranger, uh, cut it real close. Well, they're trying to figure out this 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 tomb, uh, or the, this sarcophagus, how to open it. You know, they're trying to like use force. That's not going to work. And you know, kind of like running in a circle. Now they don't have to do this room. They don't have to be here. But, you know, they're kind of wanting to solve it. I, you know, they've come this far. There was kind of like a, a, a PC investment, right? Like they had beat a lot of shit in this room, and they didn't want to leave empty-handed. And uh, that was a point in which our barbarian, you know, he is uh, possessed by Papazato the Iblis, kind of an imperious, domineering trickster god. 
and he sort of like mentioned there might be something in that maze. You know, kind of a kind of a GM uh, heads up thing, which I think is kind of their purpose in the module. Is you've got these uh, nine trickster gods. I've only used them some. There's you know in the book there's like in any given room there might be two or three notes to say hey trickster god one five and seven have this to say right and I probably should have like expounded on that but in the event I used it to kind of like point back toward that maze they re-enter the maze so it's a maze it's constantly shifting now the players were trying to beat the maze so this is this is part one of like things that were a little difficult in the session they're trying to beat this thing once you touch it you're sucked in. You're in a maze. It's constantly shifting. The walls are moving around. It flat out says there is no joining up. If you try to like join up together, it it splits you apart instantly. And you have to wander the maze by rolling a d100. It's like a 70% chance to find nothing. Um, like a 15% chance to find a key that matches one of the colors of the sarcophagus. All right, you have to roll like an 85 through 100. Depending on what you roll, you get a cool key. Right? Yay! Otherwise, Minotaur. Mm -hmm. It's like a 15-20% chance of finding a Minotaur who you fight to the death. And the way these guys kind of work, if you do the math on this, the players can usually beat them one-on-one, -on -one, but they're not going to come out without getting hurt. Okay, these things hit like, a, hit like a truck. They do reckless attack, which means they have advantage on their attacks, but you get advantages back on them. So they're there to be a, like a constant roughing up of the players. Okay, cool. Well, the players want to beat the maze, so they, like, lash themselves together with a rope. And, like, yeah, I don't think a rope's going to beat this thing, so it just, like, gets, sh you know, shredded in half, or in, in multiple pieces. They're trying to yell out for each other. They're trying to, like, one person stands outside the maze and is trying to direct people, like, hey, but it's shifting so fast. <sighs> I get what they were trying to do, but honestly, like, that is something I kind of agreed with in the book of this module. Like, hey, these guys are supposed to be separate. If they all team up, it's going to become trivial. They're going to be able to smoke these minotaurs, uh, and it's not going to be a threat. You know, that's so interesting. So instead of writing a better encounter, let's just railroad them and tell them nothing stops this from happening. Well, I mean, like, just because the PCs have an idea that doesn't work, it's not a railroad. Like, there was just... Yeah, no, 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 I'm no. Sorry, you rope said, didn't beat the magic. No. <laughs> you said that the maze will automatically separate you no matter what. Okay, well, there's actually exception so to that that, that I would have allowed. that it's a gotcha railroaded no matter what, they can't ever team up. Within the maze. Mostly. Mostly. There is except Mostly. after this thing was over, our rogue said, What if we just like I think it was our rogue, maybe the druid. What if we just held hands and jumped in together? Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. That would have that would have pushed me on the limit of like uh. I mean you could just say, Well, no, it, it tears you apart, the forces are too powerful. I probably would have let them be in pairs. I feel like that's fair. Like you like two people can hold on, on to each other fairly well. Six people really, or five people really can't. You really can't hold on to like five people super great. Plus, mm -hmm. it would have been again trivial, but I would have wanted to have rewarded them for the cool idea. But I just felt like rope was a little too uh, chintzy. Like, because this thing, when you, when you, <laughs> when you climb over the walls or fly above them or in any way go over the top of the walls to like, you know, peer over the maze, it just ejects you out. It's how you exit the maze and you take decent uh, force damage. Mm -hmm. So, in my mind, considering the power of this thing to suck people in, spit them out, do force damage. It seems like a rope would not, it was not going to be the thing that just cracked this wide open. 
by 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 raw force of rope. So, all right, and and Fuzz and I are thinking the same thing. If the players had human centipeded themselves together, would you have granted them being able to stay together? You were thinking the same thing. What kind of I was. I was like, have? what if they said human centipeded? What if we just sewed ass to mouth? Right. That can't. <laughs> That's what you both thought simultaneously? And I'm fucked up? No, I'm good. I'm fine. My mental health is just gone. I mean, it's as ridiculous as this whole railroadedness of this module, but that is a complaint I've had the entire time. All right. (laughs) Well, let's just keep a look at it. You know what? From now on, I want to look at all of these traps and puzzles through a human centipede lens. Like, what if they they just centipeded together? Would that solve this issue? We just suggested something just as ridiculous as the railroadedness of that. All right. All right. Nothing (laughs) that players can do. Nothing. They they can't think of anything. Okay. Thank you for leaving me with the the challenge to segue from human centipede. The, uh... If anybody can do it, you can. Yeah. I mean, even the word segue, we're good. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, here, here, here's the issue. They're supposed to, they're supposed to fight some minotaurs. You call that a segue? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. One might even say seamless. Um, <laughs> so they're supposed to fight the occasional minotaur and then find one of the goddamn keys. Unfortunately, their dice don't work. Uh, it's bad. Like we got five people. They're just machine gunning rolls, 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 rolls. And they fight, like, it got this bad. It got so bad, Jupiter. They remembered they had inspiration. We've been playing for, like, two years. They never remember they have inspiration. Like, maybe occasionally. Never fucking remember. Normally, they'll they'll just take it on the chin. Like, they're just, like, not going to use that inspiration token. Um but now they use it because they were bored, frankly. They were like metagaming, writing down the numbers. Like, okay, you rolled a 55, you rolled a 70. And it was funny to watch them try to metagame this because they didn't roll any fucking numbers. It was like, okay, 70 doesn't work. Uh, 70 also doesn't work. 69 doesn't work. Se- uh, 65 doesn't work. Uh, like, oh, oh, great. <laughs> to, to figure this out, you will need to roll above a fucking 70. Uh, and after like 15 rolls, I think we got there. So, what's, what was, who played the sus noise from? Nobody, no, when Oz enters, and Oz has entered now to listen, it, he's a nitro booster, so he gets to have theme music when he enters. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that is what he has chosen. <laughs> I don't anyway. know if Craig picks it up, but it's hilarious. I love it every time he comes but it was. In. It was thematic. I felt like I was being I questioned know. on my roles and that you had got a fucking soundboard. I just heard like the, yeah, for anyone no. who didn't hear that, it was the oh, like weird sussy noise from Among Us. Anywho, uh, <laughs> as they're rolling the dice, I assume it was pretty straight up. So, um, yeah, they just can't get anywhere. And they find, I mean, and, and they're burning inspiration. I think they all, uh, three out of five burnt inspiration just to roll in the searching of the maze to not fight a minotaur. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. And I can't really GM it because it's a number. Like, if suddenly 70 works, that's 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 suspicious, right? That would be a suspicious thing, right? So if they're writing uh, down and you told them it didn't work and all of a sudden it does work, yeah. Yeah, that's a hard sell. I'm going to go, guess what? I don't trust my GM now. He's just making shit up on the fly. Or this module sucks. Okay. Yeah. So eventually so I- they find a key. Great, our barbarian. He finds the key, and he jumps out of the maze and motions everybody. And so what's cool is, 
Ah, he's got a key. He knows it's going to open the thing. It's pulsing colors. This color is one of the colors that's pulsing. I just need to use this key to open it up at the same time that that color is matched with the key that I have. Kablam! We are all set for success. Now, as a boon for doing the right thing, the key will give a player a, a boon or a bonus depending on the color. And there's some really cool ones. And so what did our player roll? He rolled a 99. That is the red key. One short of the all-rare black key. But he got the red. And so now, upon opening the tomb, and you pull it open, he is immediately granted the power to eat a mouthful of flesh from a humanoid that has been dead no longer than one day. You get 3d8-3 hit points. Once used three times, it goes away. So he, so our barbarian can cannibal now. Or Wait, that's yeah. a boon? Yeah, he can eat flesh and he gets healthy. It's a way to transfer health if you think about it. You know, like someone else could short rest and then he could eat a bit of them and they could continue that short rest. The point is he's a cannibal now. Okay, that's, that's what's Wait, happening. Wait, now he can cannibalize. He can just nom on one of the other party members. Is what yeah, it's called, charm, it's called Charm of the Ghoul. What a weird thing to have in a game. Now, if he had rolled slightly less, he would have got Charm of the Maimed, which allows you to regrow a lost appendage, such as an arm. Aha! See, see, you think you think it's a it's a it's a dick of a tomb, and that's how you solve the problem. See, it all just it all like it it's a, a circle. dick of a tomb. It, you can find the key, and you can regrow the it arm that you lost. It's a dick of a tomb <laughs> in the previous room. So, it's a dick of, yeah. It's a so dick they, they open it up, and finally it's our, it's our rogue's time. And so he gets possessed by, um, he gets a robe of scintillating colors to drape over his robe of useful items. They get ten opalescent rings. So he's got like a beautiful shiny coat. He's got like rings on each hand. There was like ten rings, two for everybody. So each, each arm's got an opalescent bracelet. Hell yeah, we're baller mode. And he's got like slimy pseudopods that come out of the, out of the robe to, you know, Embrace him, you know, because it's 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 a snail. <laughs> he immediately gets a shit ton of constitution. So that was the power. He he's he has now got a shit ton of HP, right? You may be thinking like, okay, well he's a rogue. It's cool you get a robe of scintillating colors. It's that's useful in combat, but a shit ton of HP is, yeah, it's okay. It may maybe not the best thing for a rogue. I mean, it's not bad on anybody, right? You know, HP is always good. If but you're, you're not dying, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like you're like you're not like a frontline-ish guy. They have like ways to get out of combat. They mm -hmm. can like like sneak attack and like run and, and dash out or disengage out. With that. You know, it's fine. So which player would you rather have gotten it? Probably your tank, your your barbarian to be even more stacked, or conversely, one of your I like the druid. The druid probably get them because you didn't want your frontline guy to be able to get nailed really hard, or you want your soft squishies. To be able to take otherwise nasty, like AOE damage, right? So it's it's a little bit of an awkward when you're in that when you're in that in between space. Mm -hmm. But you never know. It, it's, it's a useful thing. HP is always good. Maybe he can hold the line. You never know. You never know when you might need a butt ton of HP, right? Okay. Cool beans. Cool beans. Indeed. So they leave this room. They have their stuff. They go around the corner. <sighs> new puzzle. There are these two pit viper statues, or it's like it's like a humanoidish, uh, or just a statue of a snake 
with bared fangs, and there's blood caked inside the mouth. And they're, they flank a hallway with a giant door in front of them. So a big-ass door, left and right. There are these uh, snake statues, mouth open, caked in blood. And as they investigate, they find a little nozzle in the back, like a drain hole where the blood has kind of collected and pooled, and it's the slowest to dry. And let's see here. Bit of a riddle, and I'll see if you can figure it out. Love a good riddle. <sighs> this is posted on the door. Warm like flame, cold for the cruel, still for the dead, and gruel for the ghoul. A lot of alliteration there. Did that, did that come through? Say it one more time, slowly. Warm like flame, cold for the cruel, still for the dead, gruel for the ghoul. And those words there, warm like flame, cold as in temperature, cold for the cruel as in a cruel person, a, you know, a mean individual, still for the dead as in still as an unmoving, not to rob or like, you know, the metal. Still. It's, yeah. Yes. Still. And gruel as in like porridge for the ghoul. Okay. So. All right, they're thinking like, okay, warm like flame, cold for the cruel. The, the druid's trying to work the problem. She's thinking like, okay, like like we need like fire. We need like a cold thing, you know. And they're looking at the blood. They're thinking about it. Our cleric thinks it's about blood. Our cleric is right. Blood is warm in the living, mm-hmm. still in the dead, cold blooded for the cruel, and it is tasty food for the ghoul. And behind these uh, giant statues are ghouls trapped in like an alcove. Well, the players put some blood. Our barbarian slices his hand, puts it on a rag. They get the five-foot pole from the rogue, and they wave it in front of this thing. And as it wafts in the mouth, you hear clattering, scratching, and movement inside the walls. Oh, yes. So the players are trying to like... They, they get it. They're the connection, right? This thing wants some blood, specifically a pint. As in, not like a droplet or a waft. The the ghouls are awakened and they're hungry. So, eventually, the players realize they need some, like, actual blood. Like some real amount of it. Okay? Um, I'm sorry, I'm lost. Okay. They go in this room, they they go around the corner, they see the, the snakes... They solve a riddle, and is this the only way to go? So they have to open this door. So they have to do this. No, this. Well, I mean, this whole dungeon is labyrinthine as shit. There is no like yeah. the one way. All right, so, so there, there is nowhere to do this. Then there, there's very few rooms you literally have to go in. This is not one of them. Why then? Like, I mean, so as a player. <laughs> If I started doing that and then I heard the shit going on, all the noise, the you know, because you said they could hear that something's now happening within the walls. I think I would go, wait a minute. This whole place has fucked us over repeatedly. I'm not going to open that door. Right. But your players, they just (laughs) said, no, we're going in. Yeah, I mean, well, this place has been pretty macabre so far. And they don't know. I mean, I've told you in this moment they didn't have to go in this room. I didn't know that. They don't, no, they don't I know, know that. But I'm just saying, like, there's a thing. I guess some players and, and new players, especially, don't think that you know. You don't have to see everything. You don't have to open every door. You don't have to go everywhere. 
<laughs> well, and you... if something like <laughs> is foreboding in front of you, you could just turn around, maybe find another way. But no, your players said no. Let's put blood for the blood god. Yeah, yeah, that that principle you just outlined is not a present thing in our table. Like that concept of like, hey, we don't have to do this, y'all. Like they're not like murdery, but they're not they're not going to let a puzzle go. They're 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 game. So just just you're going to have to deal with that feeling as this as this particular room no. progresses. I got some <laughs> like no, no, they're going to go on. Go on. All right. So, okay, we need some blood. Okay, cool. If we're going to solve the puzzle, you know, and not walk away from it. So, our druid, again, using her bag of tricks, reaches in, pulls out a little fuzzball, throws it down, and what do we have? A a pig. A a warthog or whatever the hell. Uh, That's a boar. That's what it was. It was a boar. Oh, what a perfect creature. Boars are full of blood, right? That's the whole point. Uh, Yeah, they just take this thing and immediately murder it. And no, they don't. They don't. I'm sorry. They hold the the barbarian like picks the pig and this boar up, and he's like squealing, and puts it like in the mouth of this snake statue. I believe he's he's expecting it to like bite down, right? It doesn't. And so I'm like, he, he's like, I shove it further. I'm like, well, it punctures itself on the stone teeth of the fangs, and the blood runs in, and you hear the ghouls inside, uh, more skittering, more clamoring, and you hear slurping noises, and then. It dies down, and you hear the pulling of a chain, clink, 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 and the door in front of you rises up. And that's how you solve that particular puzzle to get into that next room. There's there's ghouls, and they, they're hungry. And if you give them a little snack, they'll open the door for you. Okay. There you go. Cool. So what do they see when they open the big, heavy door? They, let's see, are in the throne room. This vaulted chamber features a 10-foot sunken floor surrounded by ledges without railings. Alcoves along the ledges hold painted wooden structures or statues of hornet-headed humanoid warriors, each wearing a grass skirt and clutching a spear. A gruesome throne lashed together of bone and strips of skin stands atop the ledge. A fearsome horned skull surmounts the throne. And small skulls are piled around it. The seat of the throne appears to be made of stretched skin and has a metal scepter resting on it. Shuffling about the sunken portion of the room are three gaunt humanoid figures in dusty robes, draped in cobwebs, their eyes and mouths stitched shut. Armed with brushes and clay pots of pigment, they paint the walls and pillars with grim, poorly rendered illustrations. It's a lot there, isn't it? There's a lot there. They are in the throne room. There is a throne made of skulls. At the top is a very large skull, almost bovine in nature, like a minotaur skull. Hmm, interesting. <sighs> in this room are zombies. They are, are Their eyes and mouths are sewed shut, and they're painting on the walls. And I describe, you see a party of adventurers much like yourselves. And their travails and gruesome deaths one by one on the walls. This is the company of the Yellow Banner, which are alluded to at various points within this uh, campaign. They are a party of adventurers, and over time, I think you first find them out in the um, in the city of Omu. Before you ever go in, you find like a guy who died in a letter, you know, telling about their exploits and their desires and what they're trying to do. And they, you come across their bodies throughout this tomb. Excuse me. <clears throat> and 
these zombie artists are painting these like crappy, <laughs> like poorly rendered uh, images of their downfall. Except one is being painted over, and the new painting is a red-haired half-elf sorceress in a tunnel being sliced in half by a steel door. Or steel plate. You know, the end of Puff, our sorcerer. And they're watching all this happen, and they don't attack. They're just there painting their fucked-up images. <sighs> our druid, chuffed, cast a uh, some type of little like fire. I think she's like a druid or some like fire cantropy thing, and like cast a little fire bit to like destroy the like mar the painting. I look at the book. And I'm like, okay, that that painting is now you know irreparably damaged. They'll have to you know it, that's that's knocked off. You've shown them, and they don't react, so all that's fine. Our rogue immediately decides to sit on the throne. Now, would you sit on a throne of stretched skin atop a bunch of bones and skulls with a large minotaur skull at the top of it? If I had a bunch of new HP, yeah. If I, <laughs> if I had a shit ton of HP, I sure I'm getting froggy. Let's go. <laughs> I like how fuzzed it up in lumbar support in the chat. <laughs> Support, What's yeah. the lumbar in this? It's a good. <laughs> you want back support for your evil, your evil shit, right? Maybe you don't. Right? Otherwise, you'd be less yeah. evil. You want, you want to feel like some, you know, you want it to be like a shitty chair. You can lay out your evil edicts. So well, you and if the thing. GM, if the GM made it sound super cool, and I'm a rogue, uh, yeah, I can see it. I can see the rogue doing it. You can, you can see your way there. I can okay. See it. He sits in the chair, immediately becomes enraged with the power and the spirit of, like, Karagos, this Minotaur. And uh, he was, like, the leader of the Minotaur warriors who sided with the Omuans against Asrak and lost. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he is now, he gets 50 temporary HP and is enraged and attacks the first thing he sees. Uh, what's funny is we roll initiative and he, he's dead last. <laughs> so it's a weird metagamey moment where the players know he's about to lose his shit and attack them. But they don't, he hasn't like done anything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's kind of jank. You can see it. It's not metagamey. You could, they can just see the anger seizes him and he becomes enraged. You know, he's getting redder. You can see the muscles and the veins bulging. They know he's about to. Yeah, they know he's about to leap and kill. I did that. That's what I did. You you see the veins pop, and he he looks at you with pure hatred and comes at you. It it just felt – it would have felt better if he had – he's got the highest decks in the party, I think. You know, goddamn. Couldn't make a roll. (laughs) But uh, so we're going to fight it out, and our druid cast um, Ensnare, right? Now – Here's what the book says. The book says he fights until he goes to zero HP, right? Now, zero HP in D&D is not the end of the world, but it still seems kind of bad to, like, beat the shit out of your friend, you know? (laughs) So they cast a snare on the guy. He fails to save. He's locked up. Our cleric, she rushes for it, and she's like, (laughs) Fatima, that's the rogue's name. Fatima, this is not you. Calm. Find your calm. Now, I am thinking our cleric, maybe not the best face in terms of charisma score, but probably got something, right? I'm like, okay, you need to roll for it, and it's going to take a lot. Like, I gave her the heads up. I thought she probably had three or four on the roll. She had plus one. I set the DC at 20. That was my DC, was 20. Oh, my God. 
Because the, the, there is no decent. The book says he fights till he fucking dies or they die, one or the other. But he's ensnared. So it seems weird to be like, yeah, you're all going to have to like kick the shit out of him on the ground <laughs> until he's yeah, literally dying. Like anything else, there would be a time limit. But for some reason, this thing has no time limit. It's just yeah, it goes. It was weird. That that was that's, weird. I thought it would be like. guy Gax. Gotcha. Sorry. I disagree. And I do. I disagree with that's, that. I think it should be one minute. One minute is 10 rounds, yeah, which is a long. There should I, be a time limit. It shouldn't be just until the death. No, there should be a time limit. So, yeah, luckily she rolls a nat 20. Mm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, you can't can't deny that one, right? Mm-mm. That's too much. You just can't. You just can't. If, if let someone roll and they roll a 20, they get to win the day. If you set and, the DC at 20 and they rolled a 20, then yeah, that's it. Yeah, and she, get 20, she, had, she had plus one, so she got 21. Yeah. She, she, had, she had a 10% yeah. chance. Boom, shaka laka, that counts. Mm-hmm. So, she, so he finds his happy place, his calm, and he chills the fuck out, and we're good. All right, so that's so that is so so far you were like, well, you know, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to put blood in the mouth. You of this don't statue. have to maybe do everything. Just, no. Maybe you can just go back home and invest all your money into the S and P five hundred. You know, have a all good right. job. Way to take it to the extreme, <laughs> jerk. Just you know. finish your fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, shit. So um, <laughs> they ignore they ignore the artist. Now there is a room. With a quote unquote secret door that's already opened. So it's not a very secret room. <sighs> Behind one of the statues of those hornet faced people. They go back there. Okay? And they are in the tomb of Napaka. And the gods tell them the story of Napaka, the queen of Omu, when it fell, who went to Azarak and offered her life in exchange for her, pre- or her people. He thought that was, you know, a pretty baller move. He didn't listen to her, he killed her and all of her people. But he gave her a special little tomb, and she's back here, resting in a black sarcophagus with her name on the uh, like, like written on it, like like carved in it. On top of the tomb is a little cockroach jewel box encrusted with jewels. The room itself is painted brightly with a one with like a wonderful scene of the Chultan jungle and the people. And hanging from the ceiling is a sphere of a sun. Casting light in the sun has a smile on his face, beaming to all those in the room. Now, if you remember, our players have had an encounter with a large metal sphere in the past, and it did not go great. If you remember our uh, beholder friend and the giant big-ass magnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) our cleric out the gate is like, "We, we don't like spheres. You know, spheres aren't it. That's not our jam. We're not about that. So the ranger shoots the chain with the arrow. <laughs> the sun immediately frowns, shoots out scorching rays, which all of our players dodge, except for the druid who gets nailed for like, I think like 12d6 fire damage. I mean, he's like a truck. So she got popped pretty hard. That happened. <laughs> and uh, I said that with well, the room, uh, the, the, the sarcophagus was sealed with like lead. Like poured lead, like you know, and the the heat. I was like, well, that melts it out of the way. They open up. Oh, sorry. First, the rogue opens up the jewelry box, this little like cockroach box, and the inside is a previously mentioned necklace of fireballs. Do you remember the necklace of fireballs, Jupiter? 
I remember we discussing it yesterday. But... No. And I was like, yeah, it's cursed. And like when you use it, it explodes. And it's cursed. So yeah, you, when you when you go to use it, it will explode. You auto fail the saving throw, and everyone else has to make a saving throw for let's see, sixteen d six fire damage. It sounds more like a malfunctioning necklace of fireballs as opposed to a cursed item. Well, I actually misread it. It's not when you use ah! it. It's when you, it's when you don it. So the second you put it on. Ah. Beep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> the rogue immediately puts if it's to, if as if to drive the it home. Rogue immediately put it on. Yeah, like it, to if drive the rogue. point home. He made yeah. the motion of putting on a necklace. Like he physically took his hand and goes, "I put it on." So they don't have like identify. No. <laughs> okay. Identifies for losers. That's for people who don't believe in themselves. That's what identifies for, for. That's for people who have played modules like this and know I'm going to fucking cast Identify. Yeah, Identify. <laughs> Good spell. Unfortunately, none of our players have it. <laughs> so I don't care. We can say, hey, players, Identify. It's a good spell. Get some scrolls. Oh, wait, too late. So, um, yeah, it explodes. Does a shit ton of damage. Luckily, our rogue has a butt ton of hit points because he's possessed by Yay! a snail. He just got all those hit points. Good job. He took a lot. I had to get like the brick of Shadowrun dice from our ranger guy. Like, hey, man, I mean like 16 of these. Now, at this point, things have gone awry several times in a small uh, space, right? Like they've like every every two steps has been like a problem. So then they're looking inside the sarcophagus. And there's Queen Napaka, magically preserved, with her royal scepter, which is matched to the one in the throne room. Now, they want to take it because it's an object, and they are who they are, and we love them, right? They want to take it. I mean, you need I – mean, plus our cleric, you know, I mean, she's down – she's down a, a mace. You know, she would use it to, like, trigger a trap. But they, they realize, you know what? <sighs> Maybe we shouldn't all be in here. We're going to have our, our high HP uh, barbarian grab. We're, we're going to run out. You know? <laughs> you know? But first, let's heal up. So, by the way, if you look at this hallway, all you see is like an explosion of heat, mass healing, and then everyone leave except for one. Our barbarian just grabs it, and immediately the mouth of the queen opens up. A black, baleful gas pours out. He has to make a con save. I, I don't think he made it. If either way, you take damage. But he leaves out of there coughing black gas. Got it. You know, good to go. <laughs> so, <sighs> so that's how that particular instant ended. That they they made it out. It just got roughed up and had to use a lot of healing power. Our our life cleric, uh, you know, she read up on her character. She uh and 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 she like had a she wrote a little book of all of her spells and abilities. I, I think I mentioned something last time about her. Like the life cleric deal, and I had mentioned, you know, it's returning undead. So I think I think she wanted to make some cliff notes, and boy howdy, was she using them? She was she she was cranking uh, through those spells. I mean, you know, I, she made this this character. She wanted to be the healer, the support. Well, today was the day, y'all. She she had to pump these people full of HP just as fast as they were losing them. So there you go, cleric y'all. Good to she have. got to do the thing. She got to do she the got... thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was like <laughs> it was like she'd patch them up, they'd explode again, and you know, <laughs> wasting my spells. <laughs> oh man! So uh, they get out of the throne room in the mm -hmm. tomb, but they have her mace, Napaka. 
So <sighs> now, before oh, before they leave, they detect a secret door. This secret door leads to an alcove, and they're a little roughed up. And they're thinking maybe we should like have a rest or something. I think I let them pull one off in that room. But in any event, there's this alcove, and before that rest, they did a short rest. That's what they did a short rest. Sorry. They, they, they decide to explore this little alcove, and it goes to a spiral staircase that goes up and down. Now, there's only so much I can say about this staircase because of our my, my at least one player who is listening and one who will. But they are looking at the staircase, and they started up high. You know, they, they've, they've been go- the, the, the dungeon has only progressed down, right? They came in, and the dungeon has gone down. It has never gone up. All right, so they're thinking, go down. Makes sense. Hmm. (sighs) Now, I personally thought it would be more interesting if they went up. (laughs) I think I would have gone up just to see if, is that a good exit location and just kind of mark it as an exit location? Right. I would have investigated to see. Can I get Because that's what's behind you, right? Like that's what's behind yeah. you. You want to clear what's behind you. You want to have a yeah. clear as you go yeah. top down. Yeah. That's how my brain works. Nope, we want to go down. So I actually made a, uh, I, I threw in some flavor. I said you hear the, the footsteps of heavy steps on the ste- on the stairs below. Now, I wish I hadn't done this. Here's why. I wish I had done the opposite. Yeah. I wish I had made the noise from above them. Because if I was a slick GM, I would say. I wonder if they want to fight or if they want to skulk. All right. We've got skulking, we've got fighting, and we've got like trap, trappy stuff, which is kind of under the skulk category. Do they want to pop some spells, punch some people in the face versus all this? You know, they, they've been getting their ass kicked by the dungeon. Maybe they want to get those aggressions out or maybe they want to keep skulking. So to put it, to put it bluntly, there may have been, an, uh, there may have been some combat up top. What I should have done is made those boots up top and if they want to fight they would hunt down the boots because boots means enemy generally in a crazy ass dungeon and there you go instead of made it below they chase below they come to a door at the bottom of the stairwell so they go down one floor and they're at the bottom no more stairwell all right there's an alcove to the was it there's a weird alcove off to the south and then there's just a door at the bottom of the stairwell so <laughs> They they go to the they they head south down the alcove, uh, and the alcove turns left. Okay, cool. They're going in the hallway, going in the hallway, and then it just abruptly ends. They make a perception right, wait, wait, chest. Wait, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. You're you're confusing me because I don't know if anybody else feels this way that's listening right now. But when I hear the word alcove. Yeah, that's not a great word. Hallway. It doesn't have a hallway attached to it. It's just a little indent. Yeah. Just a little. Ugh. I'm thinking like a city has alcoves and and alleyways. It's a a narrow. It's it's a little entry, but there's usually not like anywhere to go from it. Uh, Let's let's insert a rewind noise here, like. (laughs) Yeah, the tape thing. There is a door in front of the players, and there is a hall (laughs) to the south. The players take the hall. They walk okay. about 20 feet. They turn left. Only way to go. They walk about 20 feet. It's a stone dead end. Real perception. Guess what? Secret door. It's a goofy ass place for a secret door. 
Like, imagine you went down a hallway, you took a left down a hallway, and then it just fucking ended. Probably a door there. Uh, <laughs> so, this led to another room where I feel a lack of prep finally bit me in the ass a little bit. So, um, somewhere in this doom, uh, in this dungeon, they had found a key with a crocodile on it. And I'm sorry if I lost track. It may have been in the previous room inside that box along with the fireballs. But there was a uh, a key. Great. Crocodile-shaped key. They find the secret door. Secret door turns left and right. They go right. They come at an intersection of a large hall, 10 feet wide and like 40 feet long. And it slants down to their left to a large heavy drape. To the right is a wall. They go to the heavy drape. They push it apart with a five-foot pole. And inside is a large stone gargoyle. Four-armed. One arm is on the ground with its fists clenched. The other three are open as if they're expecting something to be put into the hand of the gargoyle. Now, the gargoyle is a weird-ass puzzle where it says something like... One second. It's like, put these three things in my hand. It's really goofy. Hold on. Three I need, then three. This is like engraved on the wall. Three I need, then three more. Three more still opens the door. Now that tells you you need nine of something, right? Three I need, then three more. Three more still opens the door. So, and I'm like, okay. I haven't read read this in a hot minute. What do they need? Three of. Okay, they need three. Eight, three things. What do they okay. need nine of? A nine of. If three gemstones are placed in the three open hands of the statue, the hands magically close into fist and then crush the gemstones to powder. They open again. If this is performed twice more, so that nine gemstones in total are crushed, the hand of the broken off arm opens and a fist sized ruby appears in it. What? That's stupid. That is the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> that is what? trash. What does it do? Like, why? I was like, what? I was caught so flat-footed. It was so bad, I did not know how to fix that. Like, what in the fuck? So I'm reading further, and and then it's like, oh, up the hallway, well, there's all these little statues uh, statues in alcoves, behind one of which is a hidden door with, like, like, it's an alligator warrior guy, like an alligator head, and guess what? There's a keyhole. Well, behind the wall, on the opposite side of this slanted room, that wall is a is actually a thin like fake wall like it's just thin, um like a like a few inches of stone. It's not like, it's like stone a false blocks. Wall. Yeah, yeah, a false wall. And on the other side is a gigantic dump truck sized stone behemoth on wheels. And guess what? If you fuck up that door or some other thing or try to like fuck with the statue or something, it rolls through and like smashes the shit out of you. But like what? you have to fuck so like, But you go in there and then there's the ruby, so they steal the ruby and that's it. That's it. There's no other trap. They like kinda of freak out. They use their five foot pole a bit. But for the most part, like the, the the trap is is like it's even hard to trigger on accident. You have to fuck something up with the door and then like and then and so they just found it. They like they like found the parts of a trap that didn't happen. And so it was confusing and very anticlimactic. And what a weird ass! How the fuck are you supposed to know to put gems in this motherfucker's hands? 
Why would you why would you think to put gems? Because nine, didn't you say it was nine gods? Well, yeah, it's nine gods. Okay, yeah. but even so if there's thinking, nine oh, of it something. Has something to do with the nine. I thought it had something to do with the nine gods. Maybe it was the nine keys. I don't know. That is so exactly you have what no they idea. Holy shit, you caught yeah. this. I forgot. They, yeah. they were like, do we have the cubes? I'm like, no, there's the cubes nine. Like you. Yeah, if there was nine and I'm in this whole thing, I would think, oh, it has to be the nine keys. And yeah. maybe it does something. But no, it's put put nine gems in and get one gem out. What a lame trap. And then if you screw it up, a giant, you know, Indiana Jones boulder comes and kills you. That's fine. I like the big ass boulder. Why? Because the big big sound thing that gets run away from it. Uh, Maybe they run out of the room. I don't know. You don't have to run away from it. No, you don't. A big stone thing falls in and traps (laughs) you. you, Actually, but the the, the point the point being, why gems? And you're right. They, they thought they thought of the cubes. They're like, what about those nine cubes? What's three, there? three, three. The, 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 they they disappear when you first open the tomb, like a month, you know, like months ago. Fucking. So I don't know why you're supposed to know to put gems specifically, and then it cru- so so you put three gems in its hand, and it crushes them to nothing, and then you repeat this two more times. Why would and I then do it two more prize. times? Yeah, nothing happened. Yeah. The only reason you would do it two more times is if it didn't if it did not crush anything else. If you sat there and were like, I put in my chalk. I put in a bottle of ink. I put in a coin. I put yeah, in a gem. Holy that, shit, it likes gems. Feed it more gems. <laughs> if I put in something else, that couldn't that have triggered the stone then? No, it was like, I think the only way to actually trigger the stone was to like try to attack the statue's arm or fail to open that door that goes to the back, like the hidden room. Mm-hmm. So you have to like attack a stone gargoyle or its arm with a sword or fail to crack the lock on the thingamabob. It, okay, I don't Was know. Was there it, it anything felt... as far as history, lore, arcana, nature, oh. any religion that could have said, well, yeah, this gargoyle or this creature known to like shiny things? I mean, is there any help at all. The, the only thing I can think of is in a prior room where they were getting the crystal eyeballs to open up the room to the beholder, mm-hmm. is there was a gargoyle with hands open, and uh, it had, like, crystal eyeballs. But you had to, like, figure out how to operate the room, and it would open or close its hands. So, so there is the idea that these big-ass four-armed gargoyles do have, like, open-close and maybe a shiny thing, but they're crystal, not diamonds or rubies or gems. You know, a crystal isn't a precious stone in my, and it's glass. Right? Am I crazy? You are, but um, no, I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> make, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just like, it, most that of stuff. It would be tough to bring that, to string that together. Like, yeah, you'd I'm be like, hard pressed. I was just so caught by how terrible that was. I didn't know how to like fix it. <laughs> I was like, this, this sucks. I don't know if the answer is that particular problem, but okay. I guess they they get a big ass ruby. Congrats. So yeah. anyway, okay. they they uh, they leave that room, and they I believe they they don't head the other way through this hallway. They turn around and go back up to the stairwell to the door. They open the door. And here here is where some frustration set in because when they had first come down that hallway. They, you know, they went in a stairwell. There's a door in a hallway. They go down the hallway. It goes left and right. They go right. All this bullshit happens. And our barbarian was like, man, I just wouldn't know where to go. It, it's just more. I think he was frustrated at this point with how much more dungeon there was. They go back out to the door, open it up, 
and they are in a giant underground cavern with with like a lake. Like it's all water. The door opens up to like a pier and boats, and there's water everywhere and giant gears, and the ceiling goes up for like you know two hundred feet. And there's tomb dwarves. These these like white like these these dwarves with their undead zombies with uh, devil mask stamped in their faces, doing operations on all these like gears and chains as things are like moving and turning and clicking and they're like brushing it up and putting oil on it. And it's like, we're thinking we're at the end and you're in just a big ass fucking lake of a room with multiple hallways and complex shit. It was just like, mother fucker. Um, let me, let's just, let's just do a quick little question here. Sure. Knowing you have the module, you've read through it. You know how big this dungeon is. What is the percentage of the dungeon that they have explored already? Ooh, I mark. I have a ma- I have maps on a foldout uh, that I printed, and I like mm-hmm. I color I hi- or I uh, I draw the rooms with like a blue sharpie to denote yeah. if they've explored it. Just kind of like eyeball it. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Floor one is probably uh, 45-50% explored. Floor two is like a hundred, basically. Well, not quite, but most of it and they're 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 quote unquote okay. done with it i would say okay floor three totally done they're on floor four and then oh sorry floor four it's like pretty much done don't need to go back mm-hmm. and they're on five and it is at this point now i'm not talking at, at by the end of the day okay not at this point in the store at the end of the day they are probably two-thirds through with that floor okay with and, that floor yeah and floors Two, three, and four are a hundred percent done. There, four is like one through four. There yeah. is like, I mean, I guess just to be straight, and I don't mind saying this, frankly, even to my players, they're pretty much done. Like there's, there's like a, okay. a pretty quick task we got to do on four one, but uh, that's not going to be particularly long winded, okay. uh, frankly. But for the most part, that that's done. So a a lot of real estate. I actually told them they're yesterday. Yeah, I've I've told okay. them you're down to one or two sessions, maybe okay. three. I mean, I mean, you could say anything can happen, right? But they're I mean, they're at a point where anything. well, they could go. There's other <laughs> shit like there's there's other rooms yeah. that they could go to, but they don't like necessarily have to. Yeah, like a couple of rooms they already have been to that are no point to even be there. Right, but there's also some rooms they have rooms not gone to that they don't need to go to. They don't, yeah. So, I mean, if you were to take out the remaining, what's left, if you were to take out what they don't have to hit, there's probably, like, not a lot left to do. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. Well, I hope they avoid the rooms that they don't need to go to, and I hope they have a GM that doesn't railroad them into a room they don't need to go to, and I hope the module doesn't railroad them into a room they don't need to go to. Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few rooms. I mean, out of the out of the however many rooms are in this thing, there's a few as a GM. You're just like, I I, I really need my players to get to this room. And uh, one of the one of the one of the tools because they're cool. Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with that? Not for your entertainment. We disagree. I fuck that. Whoa, that's, that's, it, you, you have this really. You. you. have this really weird like working man vibe. Like I'm in the local GM's 455th union or something, and I have to like 
wear wow. non-fit blue jumpsuits and work hard. No, no, I want to have fun. <laughs> I, I have fun, but I don't. I, I don't real. I don't want to railroad my table to go somewhere just because I think it would be a you cool know what's great? Scene. There, there seems to be these weird skeletons with like weird protrusions on their head, each one a different shape for each floor, and they're symbol throughout. Like there's little like skeleton symbols on the map. Even the players can see it for some fucking reason. Uh, and but anywhere there is a skeleton, okay, is where one of these skeletons might be. There's only one per floor. They've only found one per floor. But where it could be is wherever it needs to be. They actually give you a fucking railroad token like, where do I want my players to go? Guess what? The MacGuffin that you will need for this floor. Like every floor has a MacGuffin I get to put wherever I want. Oh my god. So if I want them to go to room 67, we're going to room 67. <laughs> so I get at least one per level. <sighs> I think we're going to find another old module and I think you and I are just going to read through it and <laughs> we're going to discuss the bullshit that are in these modules. Yeah. Especially I am when going they, when they to go... bring these modules down. <laughs> Nobody should play them, retire them. <laughs> They're bullshit. I very much would love to do one, especially if it goes somewhere like the Middle East or quote unquote the Orient. <laughs> That's where I want. I want to read that module. I want to read 1973. No. Like slash American View. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. <laughs> oh. We'll find one and we'll have to, um, we'll have to read it and discuss. We'll do a series. We'll, we'll, we'll. It's like, well, this, this is kind of the problematic papers. <laughs> That's what's problematic papers. Uh, oh, so, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, our players continue on. Oh, I do want to mention one quick room that I did. I will admit that I forgot in our retelling between the two of the previous rooms. Way back up when they finished the whole Minotaur deal, the whole maze, there's like a little side room. And they, uh, remember they found an invisible key covered in like badger blood from the previous session. They had like cracked open this, uh, <sighs> this this rusty old chest with a with a boulder trap, and they found the invisible key. Well, they go around the corner, and there was a grandfather clock ticking, but its body, its middle, was invisible. So you see the dials and the the the, the clock, uh, the, the 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 arms of the clock, the hands. There we go, and like a base, but the middle of where all the gears are, and you can see a pendulum swinging with a big beautiful stone as the pendulum head. But the body itself is just like not there. Our druid picks up a rock and throws it and it clangs against the invisible metal of the case of this clock. They investigate it, take their five foot pole, the old trusty five foot pole, put a rag on the end, put some ink on there, and they like brush it over and they reveal the invisible bits and they find the keyhole. You have an invisible key, invisible clock, pop it open, steal the lock or steal, steal the pendulum thing. But before they steal the pendulum thing, the rogue fucks with the arms of the clock. He cranks it all the way back around to midnight. It rings at the hour. Everyone make a constitution saving throw. All of our players pass except our cleric. And she instantly ages ten years. How do you, how do you feel about that, Jupiter? Not quite a maiming. We haven't been maimed. 
Well, I mean, I don't think D&D does anything on your age, does it? Not really. I think there's no. some alt rules, but you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a thing. You get some grayer hair, you get some more wrinkles. Yeah, and, it's a thing, uh, but it doesn't mechanically fuck you. Right. I think that like knocks being forced to lose an arm. Yep. <laughs> you know, things like that. Things like that. Things so, like uh, that. at some point, the druid reminded me about like Otto, the sentient lizard they found, who she's been very protective of. I think she was gonna like have him go in the gears. And investigate the gears of the clock. I'm like, oh yeah, Otto, he's on you, and you're in the room. Roll a d20 for me. She rolls like a four. Well, I guess the bad news about Otto. I don't know what the lifespan of a lizard is, but as you go to find him, he's a dried up husk, having aged his little life out. Yep. Oh no, for Otto. Oh no. So that was sad. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she asked me, and she knew the answer. She was like, do you, was that the, the saving throw for Otto? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I feel like if I hadn't brought this up, he would be alive. I'm like, yeah, probably. But sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I hate to pile that on her, but fuck, I didn't know what else. I mean, like, he's in the room. He, he would also, hey, I was, if it makes anyone feel better, I was rooting for Otto. I was really hoping Otto makes it out of this dungeon. <laughs> so, I don't know, to, to fast happen. forward, mm-hmm. our players continue to explore the, dun- the, uh, the dungeon. They, they look at the water, and this is another goofy bit. So they, they open up this door that leads out to a pier, and there's uh, like white, you know, slash dwarves, undeadies, doing working on these gigantic, like these gears are like 50 feet across and like 100 feet high. These giant rooms built into large gears interconnected to each other. And they're looking at this, and they just say, fuck this. <laughs> From the pier, I'm like, okay, I'm reading my little module book. Cool beans. And here it says, there is, at the bottom of the staircase, a dark corridor leads. Oh, that's it. So, there is a door. A monstrous mouth forms on the door's surface, calling out with a deep drawl. I'm so hungry I could eat you alive, but I'll settle for something else, something living, something light. Well, all around them in the water are little phosphorescent crabs. And on the dock is a submerged cage full of trapped crabs. But the point of this puzzle is if you come to this point from the lake from some other point, and you come to this door... And the way you open the door is you feed it crabs. But they came from the other side of the door. So, like, that feels weird. I, I was like, oh, this is... I just, like, was reading it and realized what it was and was like, yeah, just, 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 just don't. I guess I could have played it out and had them, like, shut the door and then feed the door and then it opened. Don't know how I could have handled that. I could, I could have... I, I wish I had been a little better prepared. Uh, kind of These rooms get a little more janky, apparently, as we go further down into the tomb. Well, I mean, you know, you had the book. Yeah, there's lots of rooms. <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> oh, you just didn't want to read and brush up before the game? I mean... Yeah, I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Uh, okay. Most of it's all fine. Right. Well, I, mean, I have all, all the right. baddies. I have it all organized. I've got yeah. bad guys. I've got cards. Most of it's like you go into a room... And it's pretty normal shit, and my eyes scan for things like um, saving throws they have to make, mm-hmm. or knowledge checks, 
baddies to install. And then I go to like the lore bits. And then while they're setting up, I can read a little bit more and get, I mean, most of it's like fine. You know, I did not remember some of the stuff. And this is, I think this is just the point in the dungeon where mo there's like more ways than most, right? Like a lot of these rooms are one are, are rooms built with one door in one door out. This is a much more free flowy area. It's just, just the nature of this area is there's multiple ways to get to multiple parts. You can go from A to the B or A to C or C to B or C to D or A to D. It's kind of the nature of this map. And so it didn't, I just wasn't prepared for it. It's the first time I've come across that issue where it was like a specific bit of lore in the subsection of this category was for coming from that one direction. You know, I don't know. So that was a bit weird. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they continued to explore. Explore, explore, explore. Uh, they went the other way. They, they just shut the door. They said, fuck this water. They went down the hallway. And, and instead of going back into the room where the, where the trap was, it didn't really matter. They went left. And there was a large pentagonal room with, with like iron plates bolted on the inside. And this is one of those rooms set on top of a giant gear. So, it's, it's, so if you're looking at the map, you see a gigantic gear with a pentagon built on the inside of it. This hallway connects to it. And the room looks like it could turn, and that connection would be closed, but it's currently open. In the room are all these sickly plants covering the floor. In the middle is a rusty sprinkler. Doing a singing in the rain dance around the sprinkler, like, like, like swinging around the pole, is one of the skeletons. With an octagonal shaped head. Just hanging out. The sprinkler's not sprinkling anything. He's just there on the sprinkler. So the players clearly think that there is like the fix, right? It's uh these are sickly plants. There's a sprinkler. There's a skeleton doing a literal ring around the rosy or posy on the fucking sprinkler in the room full of weird ass plants. This is this is bullshit. So they <laughs> Our ranger wants to lasso the skeleton. What would you do for lasso? Like, what is your? How would you perceive that? Athletics. Athletics. Okay, that's fair. I went with handle animal because I feel like handle animal never gets a good rap anyway. And you know, it's a lasso. It feels kind of handly of an animal. Okay. So I'm just thinking the dexterity of of throwing the rope. And, you know, making sure it lands. And I, I was thinking more of the rope, not the animal itself. I was thinking of the act. So that's why I say athletics. Oh, would you have done like a dexterity athletics and not strength? Because usually athletics yeah. is a strength base. It yeah. would have been like a dexterity. Oh, that's a good. I would have done a. I like that. I think I might do that in the future. Although I do like kind of giving a shout out to Handle Animal because it fucking never gets used. Uh, <laughs> athletic gets a lot of love. But in this case, I, I do like that. Dex athletics. Cool. So they, they round the thing up, they drag it over, pop its head off, Bob's your uncle. <sighs> cool beans. They go through the room, and it's fine. They go uh, to the left is a, another connector to the another one of those gear-shaped rooms. This one has murals of black dragons and some type of weird goo on the floor. Our druid touches it, and it, like, burns her, like, like in the same way like a Drano might. Like, it takes a second, but it, like, burns her hand, and she wipes it off. They continue along. They come to a small square room. So they went from gear one to gear two, from gear two to a small room. And in this small room is a control panel. 
It's a little like like a just like a panel of buttons and dials and levers. And on the wall arc is it says like engraved in the wall, configuration one, two, three, four, five. And each one has a layout of three geared rooms and little symbols. And, and there's a symbol with a star where the control panel room is. So these are like maps. And each configuration is a different dial of the geared rooms. And they're on like configuration three. So it's almost like you can use this control panel to rotate the rooms and change how the connections are. They can get to gear two and then gear one in the control station, but gear three on the current configuration doesn't connect to gear two. So they're going to have to fuck with it. There's a, a red button and a blue button. There's a red dial left and right, a, to a toggle. And a blue dial. And there is a star-shaped lever. First thing they do is pull the star-shaped lever. That goo that burnt our druid begins to pour into the room from the, from the pipes. But the door to this room isn't closed, so they can kind of avoid it without any problem. The room's not going to fill up with goo. It's just open to the other big, very, very large cacophonous room. And so I rule that they're able to to stop the flow. Now the, the book itself says it locks, and I just let them struggle with it and like knock it out of alignment because it felt weird to have this goo burning trap that they could just like walk to the other room and avoid for a bit. You know, I mean, I, I guess eventually it would run out. So that's kind of a hand wavy thing. I think I would have made that. A lot, I know I would have made that a lot more of a threat if they had fucked with that room. And rotated that gear to where they were then like trapped in that room, right? And then through that lever. So, mm -hmm. in the event they take the blue dial, they turn it one to the left. And the light goes from configuration three to configuration two. But nothing happens. Like, they don't hear any, any action or movement. The light just changed. Barbarian hits the blue button. Great gears start to move. Stone is, is churning. You can hear chains clinking. And that room is now closed off. And you can imagine that they're in configuration too. So now they're fucking with this thing. When they hit that button, they are now trapped or locked or separated in this room. They cannot, they cannot go anywhere else. What they do not know is that room number two, one of those openings has led to a room north of it full of a noxious gas. The gas pours into the room of sickly plants, and three shambling mounds arise out of the mass. They fuck with the gear some more, open up the original uh, configuration, and they decide to go back over and look, and holy shit, there's three shambling mounds, and we have a fight! Now, it's a pretty normal fight, except for two quick things. The uh, <laughs> shambling mounds are hilarious in that if they hit you with their two slam attacks, they get to eat you. They just engulf you. Our barbarian immediately engulfed. He's inside this thing. Uh, it tries to do damage to you, like it's like digesting you or strangling you. <laughs> he just like just resists it, so it's hilarious. He's being eaten by this fucking shambling mound, and he's just like, "No, I will not be digested." <laughs> he gets uh, our ranger like, goes crazy, gets hog wow, slices this son of a bitch open. He gets plopped down on the ground. Uh, the, the, the barbarian does. Ranger steps over him, goes to the second shambling mound, and attacks it with his bonus action. Our druid 
uh, has that damn plant spell. It's like wither or something. It just it 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 specifically says on against plants it does max damage. And it's like eight or twelve d eight or some 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 like seven. It it did like seventy two damage. I was it was like yeah it was like nine d eights. And she upcast it. And you don't roll. Against plants, like against other organic things, it like sucks the water and vitality out and you roll damage. Against plants, they're all eights. Every D8, it just becomes an eight. Boom. She knocks this thing for 72 HP. Doesn't kill it, but man, does she fuck it up. Uh, Meanwhile, the other Shadling Mound goes over to our barbarian who's plopped out on the ground, covered in vines and, and weird plant juices and and just immediately beats the shit out of him and, and engulfs him again. He's engulfed again. <laughs> they kill this one. He gets plopped out. Another <laughs> shaming mound. I had to go for him because it was kind of a 50-50 thing, if you're being logical, but also I found it to be hilarious. <sighs> Couldn't get him. Only only got two out of three engulfs. They kill the plants, and there in that northern room where the gas had spilled out, what had lifted our shambling mounds out of the garden was the last of the yellow banner, Lord Brixen himself, with his long sword on his body with a draconic uh, emblem on it, like the hilt, with like a dragon's head, and he had his Dungeoneer's pack. Rogue immediately robs the body, gets a bunch of gems. Nice. Uh, our barbarian takes the sword, and uh, he knows draconic now. Whenever he's holding the sword, he can speak draconic. So here we are, and that is where that episode ended. <sighs> the recounting of the tale. So they have gone down into the bowels of Asarak's Tomb of Annihilation, deep down where the gears and the chains are that run this monstrous, monstrous trap-filled tomb. You should, they should nuke it and just destroy <laughs> it from the inside and be done. What? <sighs> I just again, I want to bring this up. I was listening to our our most recent episode, mm-hmm. and I was struck by how like I feel like salted. Like you were just like getting mad. Like you just. Uh, it's too, I was annoyed. I, I, but I was I, I was annoyed at I'm annoyed at it because it's such the modules, the old modules. They were. I understand it was new gate. I understand it was new. I, I get it. It was creation, whatever. <laughs> but. I just feel when you go back and play something, those early ones, if they are not, like, I don't want to say fixed, but if they aren't updated, then it, they're a little, uh, to me, I, I, to me I, I feel they're unplayable. Wow. I don't like them. Is it- I just, it makes no, like, they, they, there's just things in it that just remove player agency. And it feels punishing to the players. And I just, I don't like it. It doesn't feel challenging. It feels like there are some things that feel like punishment. And there are some things that, yes, feel challenging. But it feels like it's more punishment. And and I, I agree with Fuzz, who's been commenting that Gygax needed therapy. And he just seemed to get drunker and angrier. I don't know if the man drank, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, it's like, oh, it kills me to hear, especially your table, which are kind of new players. You're kind of a new GM. And to choose that module, it was, it's just, it, it, it 
it hurts my heart. Hurt my, my squishy bits. Hurts, hurts my heart. <laughs> so, in in defense of the guy Gaxon, the, the way that, that I've tried to sell it. No, I'm going to defend him. How dare and, you? Why? He just invented this thing that we love. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Much like much like Stan Lee invented Spider Man alone, Gary Gygax <laughs> gave us all role playing games. <laughs> yeah, there was the other guy, just so you know. Uh, yeah, he wasn't cool. He didn't wow. have slick back hair. <laughs> uh, anyway, like here, here's my defense. defense. His hair. No, oh, okay. I mean it doesn't hurt. Uh, as someone, <laughs> as, as someone with good hair, it doesn't hurt. Uh, but no, it's 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 to me if the players are like always winning and falling and losing and falling and winning. And so it's like they jump and they get the thing and it's in their hand. And then the explosion happens and they're teetering and they're falling off the ledge and they land by the, by the skin of their teeth and they jump in the window and then they get hit. And then they, you know, do a, do a fucking barrel roll and then they steal the fucking Ruby and then they get, you know, uh, you know, poison drenches the room. And so it's, it's a constant stream of them running around and they're admittedly like they've openly told me they like to be kind of um i mean fuck, you know fuck sticky they like to, they, they want to run into shit they want to they want to they want to push the button they want to push the button they want to pull the lever they're they don't want to play it super duper safe that's the spirit right. they, they want to like get pinballed around a little bit yeah. and see where it goes and, and it's that's just kind of funny if they want to do that it's just you don't do it in the module of Tomb of Annihilation. Why? We're good like, he puts on the, the circle of fireballs. That's great. If they're having fun, that's all that matters. It's great. It's just to be like, this is just so... Ugh. I just I just don't like the modules. That's all. I just don't like it. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Other people can play modules. I'm happy to say how much I hate them, and that's that's just my position. <laughs> There's this uh, great YouTube video. I have to share it. Where it's a little stick figure, and it's like a little like song that sings along as it dances, and it's like, it's okay to not like things. It's okay, <laughs> but don't be a dick about it. It's okay <laughs> to not like things. Yeah, but don't be a dick about the things you don't like. <laughs> I don't think I'm being a dick. I'm just being You're opinionated. Not- you're not, you're, but you're being opinionated, you, which is fine. I you have kept it within the bounds of reason for a bunch of people who pontificate. It's not like uh, I'm pontificate. saying you're such a fucking asshole for doing this. I'm not saying that. I'm not but I will mean. say I enjoy pinballing them around. Not going to lie. It's fun. Uh, I know it's you enjoy fun. it. Oh, it's I so fun. I know you enjoy it. Look at them go. You know what it is? And, and I, we, we've got to wrap up. We're going way over. We're going but way over. you know what it is? If you what, what is it? Any and I've taken a gummy, so and I'm I'm at the I'm at the point of Uh-oh. oh we gotta stop recording. Uh but I will say this is my last thing. What was I gonna say? <laughs> oh <laughs> no. <laughs> no, wait, I got it. Don't make me forget again. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you have any sadistic streak at all in you and you are a GM you have got to be really good about tamping that down because if you enjoy being just even a little bit sadistic to your players, it becomes a slippery slope of where you are just punishing your players. They are not the whipping post for you and your weird sadistic needs. Yeah. That's what blue white control is for in magic. The gathering that's where, (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I know exactly who I'm talking to. I'm just saying. <laughs> what if I made these two rumors have... fight each other in the hallway? Gotcha. <laughs> you got to tamp down the You got to tamp it. You got to tamp it. You got to take a look. You got to tamp it. You can't give in to that demon. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. I'm dangerously, dangerously at a cliff right now. So. Every time. <laughs> Woo! All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>